Welcome to the Self-Kindness with Pete podcast, a podcast dedicated to exploring how we become our very best in the world by being kind to ourselves. I'm Pete Sibley, the Self-Kindness Coach, and I'm so glad you're here. Hello, welcome to another Self-Kindness with Pete podcast. I am Pete Sibley, and here we go. We're jumping right in today. So today, paradigms, I want to share with you some things that have been coming up for me from past conversations, from new information, from I actually feel like some understanding and realizations are just kind of coming through as I continue to do my self-kindness work question what I believe and that leaves room for new possibilities so so today this an idea of a paradigm I wanted to explore that because I feel like it has so many ramifications on how we live our lives when we live out of what I'm calling a paradigm so I looked up the definition of a paradigm and a paradigm is defined as a typical example or pattern. Or a paradigm is a model. So I love that because in thought work, there is a practice of called a thought model. And a thought model basically is about in any situation or circumstance, what we think about that situation or circumstance will will create emotions and feelings from which we take our actions and create results. So the model essentially is pointing to our thoughts lead to our feelings, which lead to actions and results. So what models are we working out of? What paradigms are we working out of? So here are the four that I wanted to explore today. The yes-no paradigm, the right-wrong paradigm, inner-outer paradigm, and receiving-giving paradigm. And then I want to get into a little bit more about why after we've kind of walked through some of the explanation of the what. So first, yes-no paradigm. Now, I don't know, a couple months ago I would recorded a podcast Uh, and called it something like the honest yes and you know I wanted to put that out there because I was talking with a lot of people who were sharing with me as we were doing our self-kindness work together they were sharing with me that sometimes they say yes when they mean no or they feel trapped and they need to say a, a yes or a no to somebody else and so we started talking about what is an honest yes Now, an honest yes is just what it sounds like. It is going inside of you, unique you, going in and finding where is it a yes in you. So this means like if your kid says, hey, can I have some ice cream? You might say, you know, before the honest yes, you might say, 
you know, first you hear a no inside of you, but then you think like, oh, they'll get disappointed. Like, I don't want to put them in a bad mood. Like, what's the big deal? It's just a little ice cream. Like, you know, they'll maybe they'll be like, wow, you know, dad was so nice. And so I might say, yeah, you know, sure, fine. And maybe I'm also responding to they've been asking me over and over and over and I always say no. So I'm going to say yes this time. But an honest yes goes in and gets really in touch with what is my answer. So a yes to me in that moment, if my kid says, hey, can I have some ice cream? The yes in me might be, yes, I want my child to not get a sugar rush right now. Yes, I see the benefit of my child waiting to eat maybe a healthier snack or waiting until dinner. Yes, you know, so I'm finding in me these things that feel like a quote-unquote yes. And then from that place, I can say to them, no. So, I don't know if that was a, a clear example. But we're going in to ask ourselves, you know, or it's like if somebody asks you, hey, can you help me uh, move some furniture this weekend? And you hear yourself say, like, sure, I'll be there, you know? And then they say, how, you know, how about 8 o'clock? And you're like, yeah, okay. <laughs> and But inside of you, the yes that you were saying to you, the honest yes was, yes, I want to sleep in. And yes, I want my feet up on the couch uh, at the time that you're talking about moving a couch. So uh, the honest yes, again, might be a no to a person or it might be a yes. So yes, no paradigm. That's the first one. And before we move on, I want to just quickly say, well, how do you get in touch with that honest yes in yourself? So there's three things for the honest yes. One is hearing and allowing your opinion because if you aren't in touch with your own opinion or if you just bowl right over it when it starts to show up, then you won't be able to access that honest yes. The second thing, trust yourself. Trust your opinion. And that is the work. I mean, that really is the work of laying a foundation of self-kindness. That is where having a self-kindness practice really, you know, starts to pay dividends is that self-trust. Wow. If as adults we could just get that, wow, you know, it would be just amazing. Think about how your world would change if you trusted yourself 100%. Think about how things might change out in the world around us if all humans had a high level of self-trust. Now, the thing about this that I wanted to point out is that it's not a be-all, end-all. It's just for this moment. And it's unique to you. So, 
that might take some of the weight off of finding that self-trust, that honest yes. So number one, we allow, we hear our opinion. Number two, we trust ourselves. And number three, and this is uh, fascinating. I think that so many of us adults don't have this. But number three is knowing that it is safe to change your mind, your answer, your opinion, that it is safe to do that at any moment. I'll say it again. So number three is knowing, believing, living from a space that understands it is safe for you to change your opinion at any time. So why is that such a big deal? It's because it comes out of, huh, look at that. It comes out of our next paradigm that we want to explore, which is a paradigm of what is right and wrong, that right-wrong paradigm. You know, the right-wrong paradigm dictates so much of what we do. And I find this so fascinating, especially in the world of thought work and seeing just how these thoughts are, you know, so many of our thoughts we live out of and we haven't even really spent time to question them. So the right-wrong paradigm is, well, it's created over the course of our lives, like reuse quote-unquote, outside opinion to help us create our own inner reference and opinions. And thus, we create right and wrong. So let me say that just one more time. So over our lives, we have taken outside opinion. So mom, dad, friends, uncles, relatives, culture, we've taken outside opinion and thoughts and we bring them inside and kind of cobble it together into our own structure, our own reference for right and wrong. And the issue behind this, the problem with this, is as adults, how often have we gone back to take a look at that, you know, cobbling, that that creation that um, mosaic that we've put together to question them, to change them, to take some out, to bring some new ones in? And do we have a mind that does that intentionally? You know, not just like a one and done, like you you go to therapy, you know, at some point in your life for a, a year or maybe two, and you're done. But as a continual practice, again, self-kindness. It's a continuing practice. It's a basic skill, a foundation that we lay down so we can continue to expand and grow. We don't just want to create it and it's done. Uh, This is about, you know, growing into that best version of you. And why that's important as adults to go back and question that and to, you know, re-examine it is because 
we're understanding now through doing this work together, this podcast, that what is right, what is wrong to you is your opinion, which is a thought or a perception. And we can question that. And when we question right or wrong, it allows, it invites, again, it inspires a door of possibility to open. When we live from right or wrong, it's, 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 you know, it's a very constrained game that we're playing. When we move out of a right-wrong paradigm, there is so much more space. There's so much more possibility. Now, I want to interject here and say this is not an, you know, an argument for condoning harmful, hurtful, or, or cruel behavior. That's not what this questioning right or wrong is about. And the reason why we don't need a right-wrong paradigm to tell us to that we, we don't condone harmful behavior is because of that honest yes. So we go back to our honest yes. If we see behavior that we judge is inappropriate, it is harmful, it is malicious, it's cruel. Well, if we're trusting ourselves that our opinion, we can trust our opinion, then we are going to act and we are going to come from a place of this is not okay with me. Which is really interesting because what I see a lot of times is if we are in right or wrong, we actually might be more like hesitant to act even when we see something that is quote-unquote wrong because we haven't done our own inner work yet. We haven't gone to trusting ourselves that it's okay to show up in the world. It's okay to stand out. It's okay to say, no, that behavior is not acceptable. And I think that's what we're waking up to. I think that's why a huge paradigm shift, you know, COVID gave us that opportunity in a lot of ways. 2020 gave us opportunities in so many ways to see where a right-wrong paradigm doesn't serve us as humanity. It limits the, like, incredible creativity, generosity, compassion, the colors that is the human experience. So we can really begin to see why it is so important, even when we think we're dealing with others, why it's so important for us, for you, for me, to know our opinion, our own opinion, to know where that inner trust, our self-trust is and connect to that and live from that. And in all of that is how we feel safe. We feel supported and safe inside of us. We don't need to go outside for that safety to live from our opinion, 
And in that safety, like, we're fluid. We're free to change, you know, we're free to change our course of action at any time. The right or wrong paradigm is the main factor behind the fear of failure. So many people that I work with, the self-kindness, if I were to maybe sum it up, what it distills down to is this fear of failure. Because in failure lies our desire to be loved, accepted, and approved of. And so... When we live out of that paradigm, we're going to feel it. And it feels like anxiety. It feels like world and life is coming at us. It feels like we're stuck. It feels like balls in the air. It feels like overwhelm. And it constricts us in our actions. It stops us from living from an abundant mindset. And we live from a mindset of scarcity, of limit. We dim our own light, we dim our own talents, our own brilliance in the world. So that leads us to that inner outer paradigm. Inner outer, we have inside of us, how much do we get in touch with that? Can you feel your body right now as I'm talking? Have you left your body? Are you in your mind? Are you thinking about where any or all of this resonates and lands in you? So inner, outer. And here's where this paradigm lands in me. If I question the paradigm that there is an inside peak and an outside world, I become open to this possibility. Everything I see, everything you see, everything that we see, everything we experience, we take in from our senses. And what we take in from our senses goes through and gets processed and filtered by our brains. And if we go back to what I was saying earlier, we have put together this reference point, this filter. It's a mosaic. It's a cobbled together point of reference. So that means because it's cobbled together in your mind, that means The world that you see and experience is unique to you. And that means that the world out there is actually first run through your unique set of of filters and references. And that world out there is experienced and seen in you. So, when we start to look at it this way, this paradigm of inner-outer begins to to maybe waver a little bit. That there's this inside Pete, and Pete is having his life, and then there's outside there. 
So what is of benefit for me to take a look at that is that means that we, I, you and I, we are responsible for the meaning that we create out of what we see and experience of the world around us. So another way to say that is what we see out there in the world, we are the ones that put the meaning onto it. So I have a question. If all of what I'm saying is speaking to you, if all of what I'm saying holds maybe some reference of, hmm, wow, uh, you know, I, I can hold that idea for a moment. I want to ask you, are you starting to understand just how powerful you are? Are you starting to understand just how essential it is to understand your mind, this unique set of filters, how important it is to understand your emotions, your perceptions, your judgments. As an adult, I believe that you get to choose how you do that. And of course, I'm going to advocate that you do it by creating a foundation this unique set of filters in you from a place of kindness, from compassion, from allowance and understanding, from integrity. So the fourth paradigm that I want to explore is the receiving giving paradigm. And this one at first blush might be, maybe it might make sense right off the bat. You know, the idea of Have you ever given something to somebody or done something for somebody and you have felt the benefit in that quote-unquote transaction? You know, maybe you do something for somebody and you notice that it just makes you feel good. You know, you feel blessed. You feel the gratitude uh, when you see how it affects them. And... I want to introduce the idea that uh, moving from this paradigm, a new model could be that it's all receiving. All receiving in your life is something that comes out from within you. And what I mean by that is, again, set up by questioning that there's an inner outer. And this, I believe, is part of the new possibility. What we can grow into is really starting to play with this idea. Anything that you believe you want to receive in your life, we first need to learn how to give it. Even physical. And I'm going to play with this idea some more. I'm doing that right now with some of my current clients, but really watching how this unfolds of where we could turn this idea 
on its head, <laughs> so to speak, and literally move into receiving physical, so, you know, apparently in the outside world by doing our inner work. And I think that, again, so important to look at these paradigms because they back all of the reasons why you might not be living a life that is coming from a place of joy, of safety, of support, of hope in the world, of a willingness to shine bright and to stand out and to play big. Laying that foundation of self-kindness, well, that is what we are doing, my friends. We do that hopefully a little bit each week on this podcast, and that is the community that, if you're interested, if you feel that call, I invite you into where we play with that idea. We do this work uh, so that you can expand and grow through that lens of possibility and into the very best version of you. Living kind, loving, compassionate, shining brightly, creating a generous and just world. It can all be found through my applications for my one-on-one self-kindness coaching and or for my new uh, applications out there for uh, what I'm now calling this laying a foundation of self-kindness. It was first being titled the new terrain, but really what we're doing all along is we're laying foundations. So if you are ready for that work and want to take it beyond what we're talking about in this podcast to that next level of being active in your life, then check it out. Uh, Those links are either in the show notes for today. They're always on my Instagram at selfkindnesswithpete or at petesibley.com. And that's what I've got today. I love you. I am so grateful to you for being here. I hope you have a beautiful and kind life. (laughs) I meant to say have a beautiful and kind week but hell you know have a beautiful and kind life too and i'll see you next week